glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, uh, Danny and Abby and Ron and Nadine and everyone back there. We praise God. I enjoy live worship. And so um, thank you all for coming together. And um, thank you, Ron and Nadine, for your commitment and your friendship and they drove such great distance to be with us and we we appreciate them amen and um, I want to say happy birthday because my spiritual daughter turned 30 and uh, we love you Karina so happy birthday and I believe it was your birthday back there as well so thank you both for sharing Thanksgiving with us amen it's uh that's the reason why we celebrate because your birthdays but um uh, and if anyone had a birthday and last week, we say happy birthday to you as well. Um, Betty did? Amen. Amen. Yes, absolutely. So uh, we're, we're thankful for that. A couple of things I want to do before, if we're recording, let's not record yet, but a couple of things I want to do. Um, I really believe that speaking about something, it means the church missed it. Whenever you see the world is talking about some major issue, that's because the church missed it. We are to be the voice of every cultural issue on this planet. There is nothing that can enter this realm without it first coming through the church. And if the church misses it, God then sends to other institutions that's going to remind the church that we're supposed to be at the forefront of everything. Right? So with that being said, tomorrow will be a historical global event taking place in Paris. That we heard of the tragedy of the terror attack, the terrorist attack that took place in Paris. And so many people around the world were praying and, and, and for the, the loss of, of all their lives. And someone, I think it was a football player, said something interesting. He says, isn't it interesting that a coach can't pray on the football field but when tragedy hits, they say, now everybody pray for this for Paris. Come on, church. God is speaking to us through this. That they fired a coach and was willing to suspend anybody else who challenges the culture with taking a knee on the football field, praying for God's divine protection over these children as they're playing and exercising their athletic abilities. And the culture is saying, you do that, we're going we're gonna to fire you from your position. But a terrorist attack takes place, and everybody's Facebook page changed and said, pray for Paris. Which one is it? Are we going to pray all the time, or are we just going to pray whenever the culture tells us it's time to pray? So what that means is this, that God is moving, and the church ought to be the voice and speak to every single issue that takes place. You and I have been anointed to speak to every issue that this culture is facing. So climate change speaks about our design and our destiny. That, that is what God is doing. He's changing the climate. Because listen to me, brothers and sisters. He is coming back. Jesus is going to return. 
in the midst of our prosperity and in the midst of the abundance of this great nation, Jesus is coming back. In third world countries that are struggling and the refugees that are, that are having to go because of civil upheaval and civil unrest because of current government leaders, Jesus is coming back. He really is. He really is. And so starting tomorrow, a historical event is going to take place in the city that experienced back in early November a tragedy that shook that nation. World leaders, our president, president of China, the president of India, world leaders, decision makers, people of great influence that can speak and declare a thing and it can become law. These individuals will be gathering in Paris for a historical event called the Global Climate Change. Mm. Think about the timing of that. If we understand history is, is, is doesn't surprise God. He's not, God's not surprised that the terrorist attack happened in Paris. Oops, I didn't know that one. Send some angels over there to kind of uplift Paris. You know what I mean? That, that, that's not how God flows. He, he knows everything, so there's no coincidence in God. That strategically, God is doing something. Listen to me very carefully this morning. That the news is calling this event a historical event. That maybe for the first time they can get all the world leaders to agree on certain levels of, of greenhouse gas effects or the, the things that enter to the atmosphere that's causing the planet uh, to deteriorate or to cause great havoc to this planet, this marble, this thing we call Earth. So think about it, church. In a few hours, global leaders who have been given tremendous influence by the people that they represent is going to be sitting down, having a conversation that's going to affect you and I. We better be praying. We better be praying as the church that our voice becomes the loudest voice on this planet because Jesus is coming back. He really is. He really is. And so what we want to conclude in this, in, this, in this message is we have to then be a people. How do we live in fellowship with the Spirit and live with the fire of God? Because the first climate change took place in the fall back in Genesis. The second climate change took place in Genesis chapter 6 with the flood. So the reason why these two world, these, these global leaders are meeting is a result of the effect of the fall and the flood. That they are trying to find a way through science, they're trying to find a way to restore the earth to a livable environment so that our generation, our children can sustain, can be sustained and can live. But from the flood to the return of Christ, there's one more climate change that's going to take place. And that climate change is going to be the fire of God. Mm. So we are living from the period of the flood to the fire. 
it won't be a flood again because God says, I will never flood the earth again. And he sent a rainbow as a covenant sign that it's not going to be a flood. So we are living from the period of Noah and the covenant now until the return of Christ. And God, through his word, says, the next time I change this climate, it's going to be by fire. So then we have to know how to live in fellowship with the Spirit and live with the fire of God. There are five things I want to share with you about how we live in the fellowship of the Spirit and the fire of God. Now, fire can be a thing of punishment. And that's what most people think about when they see the fire of God. They think about the punishment of God. But in 2 Peter chapter 3, and this is not my test, but in 2 Peter chapter 3, I want us now that when we talk about the fire of God, is that we talk about it from a perspective of God's character and God's judgment and God's justice. God is not just out there trying to wipe people out because he just feels like it. There is purpose behind every action that God does because it reveals his ways. So in 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter writes about this fire that's going to come. And he explains, it says, this is why the punishment is going to come. And he gives the thorough explanation about how the elements, he talks about the world before. And many theologians battle over that. And it's from this particular chapter, the evolutionist versus the creationist versus the earth is only 6,000 years old or it's a million years old. That's not my agenda. That's not what God has anointed me to talk about. Let them argue that. I'm here to tell that fire is coming. That's as much education I have to let you know. Fire is coming. And so Peter explains that. And he says this. And here's the character of God. So he explains the action of God. And then he explains the character of God. And he says, but God is long-suffering, wishing, willing that nobody perishes. So he makes it emphatically clear. So the church, our first voice, must be to this city and to this country. We must say, Jesus is coming back, but he is long-suffering. A theologian said that in the book of Revelation, when Jesus uh, was at, came to encounter uh, uh, Paul, sorry, uh, John on the Isle of Patmos, that he had brass on his feet. And he said that he was coming to judge the churches, the seven churches, he was coming to judge them. And he said, but he had brass on his feet. And brass represents judgment. And he says they were heavy brass. So every step he took, it was, it was, a, it was like, boom. And he was given opportunity for the church to get into a place of where they were on fire because fire is coming. And he would take another step. And it's almost like those uh, uh, undersea divers that have the brass on them and, and they're heavy. And, and so he's talking about that the judgment of God is slow. That though he's coming, it's, it's, it's slow. And every step that he takes, he's saying, please, I want you to repent. I want you to come and understand my love. I want you to embrace because the climate is about to change. The climate is about to change. The climate is about to change. And he's getting closer and he's coming. So if you have loved ones who don't know Jesus, this is the time now for you to be so on fire for God that they will be attracted to the fire. That they will be attracted to the fire of God so they won't be consumed by the judgment of God. And so, and so 2 Peter chapter 3 uh, shares all of that. But I want to now share with you the other four elements, so the four things that's critical for the fellowship of the Spirit and the fire of God. And I'm telling you over and over again, Luke 24, I want you to get this, Luke 24, go to Luke chapter 24, we're going to start there. 
in Luke 24. I told you, when he walks into the room, everything changes, right? And so even before Jesus is exalted or he ascends back to the Father, he does another transformation again of coming to the room and everything changes. So I'm reading from the Amplified Version, Luke 24, verse 27 to 32. Luke chapter 24, verse 27 to verse 32. So Jesus is now walking the road to Emmaus. Uh, these two individuals are walking the road to Emmaus, and Jesus joins them. He just had died and the resurrection. All this historical thing is taking place, right? All these historical things taking place. They haven't witnessed such great uh, 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 historical event like the resurrection of Jesus. I mean, the disciples are scattering and Rome is in uproar and, and everything's happening. And so they're walking now and they're having a conversation with each other. And Jesus now shows up. And he's walking with them and he overhears what they're saying. And Jesus says to them in the previous verses, hey, what's all the commotion about? They said to him, where have you been? This thing's being talked about. Hear it again. All over the world. Again, what, what is the world talking about? He says, where have you been? All the stuff's being talked about by the world. He goes, well, what things? And he explains to them what was going on. Remember, we now have to listen. Spirit of living God. What we, want, we want to listen to your voice. We want, we want to what you're doing. And so we've got to be relevant. We've got to be relevant. And here's the difference. Here, listen to me. Listen to me. Here's my issue with churches that try to compete with the world. You will always compromise when you try to compete with the world. We're not called to compete with the world. We're called to change the world. Right? So you want to be relevant, not so you can be so seeker sensitive. Come on. You want to be on fire for God. And so that's why it's important to listen to what's going on. If all we do is just spend our time listening to the news, you will walk away in such fear. I don't think there's any news on news anymore. I mean, really, it's all just fear-based driven. That's it. There's no real news that was taking place. What do we hear again? Black Friday, 14 million people died, trampled on because of trying to get that TV and that microwave and that kid's thing. Come on now. What's going on? So we've got to listen to what's happening. So here it is now that Jesus said, so tell me what's going on. He's walking with them. And so he now goes, and in Luke, in verse 27, he says, then beginning with Moses and throughout, this is the Amplified, then beginning with Moses and throughout all the writings of the prophets, he explained and interpreted for them the things referring to himself found in all the scriptures. Then they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as if he was going to go further, or farther, further. Then they approached, uh, sorry, verse 29, but they urged him not to go on, saying, stay with us. So the first thing we have to know about God, if you want to change the climate, is this. Father, stay with us. Don't leave us. The first thing is, we need your presence. That's the first thing. So if you're looking to be part of a community of believers, the first thing you have to say is, is his presence there? P please stay. I don't, want, I don't want Ichabod written on the door. I want your presence to be here. And, I'm t and I've been saying this all month. No longer are we driven by programs anymore. They're not working. We must be driven by the presence of Almighty God. And that tells me that there might be times where the presence of God is so thick that you can't leave the song that you're singing. God wants us to stop right there stop looking at your clock and say what we're supposed to be on the next song God said no no because you may sing a song about me but you don't know me 
And so we want his presence, because when his presence shows up, there might be someone in the congregation, someone in the body that needs to know, oh, how he loves me. And God is so good that he says they're being punished by the enemy. The enemy's telling them lies. The enemy's telling them that nobody loves them. The enemy's telling them to go ahead and shoot themselves, go ahead and commit suicide. He's telling all kinds of lies to them. And if we would just wait on the Lord, one of our brothers and sisters by his presence can receive what God has for them. So we hurry because it's all about us. No, it's all about God. And if it's all about God, we wait. We wait. Because what happens is when the presence of God comes, new songs are created in the atmosphere where there is worship. Oh, good God Almighty. That's how songs are being written is because in the presence of God. So as Nadine was up there singing and just making the declaration, recording, that's a new song that's being ushered from the depth of her spirit and declaring it over this atmosphere because darkness is trying to come. But when he steps into the room, everything changes. Stay with us, Jesus. Don't go any further. Stay right here. I got saved in the in the eighties, and so and so and so. One of the songs that I was telling Dan, I said, "Do you, do you learn this song for me? It's an old school, but it's a good one." I enjoy the old music. Come on, somebody! I grew up on, on Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound! Now they got a new version of that, but I like the old version. Come on, somebody! Because that was written out of an experience in the belly. Ah. Of what they were going through. And I said, I said, Danny, there's a song I grew up with. It's called, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art passing, do not pass me by. And so I believe that they were saying this, like, there's something different about you. Every other person we've talked about, eh, it's been okay. But when you are speaking, don't go any further. Spend the night here. Remember all night prayer meetings? Come on, somebody. Ah, God. Mm. All in our prayer meetings, we would have them December 31st. Come on, we would pray the new year in. Huh? We just wanted his presence. But now we have a generation, you can't get them to stay five minutes, let alone 50 minutes in God's presence. So if we're trying to change the climate, come on, we should be praying, God, I pray you show up in Paris. Show up and perish. Let these world's leaders experience the fire of God. Come on, let our president have an encounter with you, God, in his private chambers, in that room where secret service can't go, in that room where no one is but just him and Michelle. We pray him in first place. We pray they will experience an encounter with you, God. Mm. Do you have enough faith to believe that all of us right here, there's enough power here that we can pray that can change the hearts of kings and prime ministers and presidents. It don't take a hundred. It just takes a few individuals that says, Jesus, stay with us. Look at the heart of these two. They're saying, don't go any further. Stay right here with us. First thing about changing the climate is you got to have his presence. In the bathroom, welcome his presence. In your living room, welcome his presence. In your car, welcome his presence. Don't you get out of your bed without saying, God, I thank you for your presence. I think it was a psalm that says, where can I go from your presence? If I go all the way down to hell, I wake up, you're there. If I make myself to the highest mountains, you're there. Where can I go from your presence? Where? Where can you go from God's presence? He is everywhere. But what we want 
want is his Shekinah glory to manifest in this place. That's what we want. How many want the Shekinah glory? The presence of God to just show up right where you are. Stay with us. It's about his presence. And so therefore, I'm telling you right now, you're going to find churches are going to just stop their programs. I heard about this one worship leader. Um, this was years ago I heard this. He told his whole band, he says, take every instrument off the stage. We're doing nothing but just wait on God. That must have rocked this church. They came and said, so, so where, where's, where's praise and worship? No, no, you are going to be the praise and worship. Because for too long you've been, you, you, you've been more involved in this than in his presence. So when you truly have experienced God's presence, you can't sleep in his presence. Come on now. Come on. The only reason why people sleep in God's presence is because of the absence of purpose. If you know where purpose, if you know the purpose of something, you will never fall asleep. When you truly know the purpose, when you know the purpose for your life, sleep becomes an interruption. When you know the purpose for your life, you don't even want to sleep because you want to be so awake because you don't want to miss what God has for you. So his purpose means his presence. Watch this now. If you know anything about the tabernacle, which was the dwelling place of God in the Old Testament, right? Now watch this now. There was a place where they got to in the tabernacle. So you have the outer courts where the Gentiles was and everybody's able to go there. And it's interesting. The first thing was the fire. You came to the altar of incense and there was fire. Take your sacrifice, put it on the fire. And that's what the priest did. The fire was constantly burning. The fire, the fire. They said, if you want the fellowship with the Spirit, you got to come through the fire of God. Huh? If you made it through the fire, you stepped in closer. Now you became into what they call the, 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 the holy place. Not the holy place. The, the, the holies, uh, 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 the inner court, sorry. So we went for the outer court and the inner court. And it's, it's in this place. There were certain furnitures that was inside of this place. So watch this now. So if you didn't have fellowship with the Spirit, you couldn't make it because you had to go through the fire. So the tabernacle represented the presence of God, fellowship with him. When I step through the fire, point number two, I'm now purified. Because the water washes me now and the fire consumes the offer. And now I step into the place where there's different furniture. And I have different access now to the things of God, right? And so now that I'm in this place, there was a table that was established, right? It was called the table of showbread. It was where there was 12 uh, uh, a flat bread that was there. And it represented 12 tribes of Israel. And each the, the priest had to go and had to take them. So they were always fresh and they were there. Now, what the bread represented, if you look in the Hebrew, it also is the word for purpose. So it was called the bread of his presence, but it was also known as purpose. So I'm out here like this, and what am I after? I'm after his presence. So I'm like, God, I want a tabernacle with you. You told Moses, build me a tabernacle. That's where you're going to dwell. Okay, God. So I'm out here now. You build this tabernacle. I first come in with my offer, my sacrifice, Romans 12. I now become a living sacrifice. I lay myself down on the altar, and you consume me, God, in your fire. I pass the test now. I come closer, and now I have access to things, the candlestick. I have access to dimensions of things I've never seen before in you, God. I couldn't see you, God, out here. But as I stepped and got in close, I'm seeing another dimension of you, my God, that I've never seen before. I have access to resources I never thought was possible when I was out here. So as long as we stay out here, we'll never access what God has for us inside of here. But you got to go through the fire. 
you got to go through the fire. And so, and so they get here. And so this is what the priests, they had to eat. They had to eat purpose because they're about to go into the holy place. And you can't go to the holy place not knowing purpose. God. Because there was the Ark of the Covenant, the fullness at that time of God. And so it says when you go through the fire, you now get to a place of purpose and you eat purpose now. And the more you eat of it and you're full with the purpose of God, now you can step into the fullness of his presence. So a church that is on fire is a church that walks in fellowship. They want his presence. They go through the fire for purity because they're after purpose. And so now the members are eating purpose. Why do we sing? It's purposeful. Why do we stand? It's purposeful. Everything we do has purpose. Everything we do has purpose. And purpose means the original intention of God. And that is restoration. So God wants to restore us before we go into his... Oh, good God. And so every member of the gathering place, every church you go to, the number one thing you want to look for, the number one thing when his presence shows up is, God, what is the purpose for this meeting? Because you're not predictable. You're not the same way you was last week. No, no, no. What's the purpose of this meeting? Because if you think it's the same thing over and over again, it's a program. It's become relig- uh, a, a ritual. It becomes religious. And people are falling asleep because they're bored. Huh? Karina so blessed us. She came... Uh, she stayed with us last night, and she showed us this video of just Christian language, just these Christianized things. It was hilarious. It was just, it was hilarious. It was just funny talking about all the, the, the language of the church. And I'm laughing, I said, because it's so true. That we become so predictable that we can be made fun of. Oh, God. All in the name of, yeah, we're seeking God. See, when you understand purpose, you see a dimension of God you've never seen before when you understand purpose. And purpose can only be found in his presence. So that's why, that's why you may think that we're trying to, 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 to have a long service. That's, that's not it. I'm telling you, because when his Shekinah glory comes up, it benefits the body. It benefits all of us when his presence comes because then he gives us purpose. Because if you're a parent, you're trying to parent your child. You say, God, I don't know what to do. Seek my presence. I'll give you purpose for this child. And that's how you change the climate of your home. You walk through your doors. You got to say, hold on a second. This atmosphere is an atmosphere of praise because God, your presence needs to come. And that's why you have to be pure. That's why you got to make sure your heart is pure. David says, creating me a clean heart, oh God. Make sure I have a, have a pureness of motive, a pureness of heart. Because the fire will do that when you understand that. So he says now here, he says, don't leave us. He says, stay with us. And so he decides to stay. He went into inside to stay with them. And it happened as he reclined at the table with them, he took the bread. <laughs> He goes in the house, this bread that's been here for it, now let me give it purpose. Watch God. Are you getting this? He says, because you wanted me to stay now, the thing you've always had, the thing that's always been in your house, now because my presence is here, the climate changed, he goes and gets it and says, now give me that bread because I'm going to bless it. He takes the bread. He blesses it. And look what happened when he comes to the room and purpose is revealed. Look what happens. It says here, He breaks it. He gives it to them. 
Then their eyes were suddenly opened by God and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Whew. Think about it, gathering place. He manifests himself here. Your eyes are open to revelation knowledge. To reve God wants to reveal himself to every one of us. He does. He wants to reveal himself to you, Steve. He wants to reveal himself to you, Rob. He wants to reveal himself definitely to you. He wants to reveal himself. And it only can take place when he takes this bread, gives you purpose. He blesses it. Your eyes open. You see a dimension of God. You're like, wow, God. And then he's gone. So you're going to what? Desire him more again. <laughs> And so you continue to be hunger and thirst after righteousness, right? Because you want more of what you just experienced. My God. Listen, when you have an encounter with God that radically changes your life, you don't care who believes you. You know that I've encountered the presence of God. And that's where the boldness comes in for you to change your climate. Change your climate. Why? Because now you recognize that he has blessed me. He has broken this bread and he has given it to me. And he says this. He says this part. Holy Spirit, you don't want me to come off this. No. They said to one another. They said to one another. So when we have greeting time, it's not just a, hey, catch up on, you know, the Buckeyes if they want or not. The greeting time is to say one to another, God has been good to me. How is God doing in your life? God has been good to me. What is God doing in your life? And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he was talking with us on the road and opening the scriptures to us? God's presence is so powerful. So watch this now. Here's how it works. I've told you about the presence of God, how vital and how critical it is. I share with you about the purity of God. Now, there is, there, there is a teaching that Peter gives about the priesthood of all believers. That historically before, it, would only be, it was only the priests, or it was only certain elite people who was able to understand the scriptures. They had it written in Latin, so people couldn't read it. So that's the way that the, the hierarchy or the institution was controlling the people. Martin Luther knocked on the, on, on the door and said, no, the, the scriptures, soul of scripture, scriptures alone. That's what we need to be living by. So it changes all of that, right? And so when we look here now, we now understand that there's a priesthood of all believers. So you are a gift to the body. If you've ever been around me for longer than a week, you will hear that come out of my mouth eventually. You are a gift to the body of Christ. And so now we got to understand that if you have God's presence, which you do, you now become the priesthood of believers. So you now have access to all the resources I told you that was the furniture that was in the tabernacle. It's called the priesthood of believers. And so in this now, we see that, that, that Moses would give a specific instruction of how they're supposed to have this fire that's supposed to take place. There was specific, so Aaron and his sons were supposed to be the ones that would be doing the work of the priesthood. They, that's what they were doing. And so what had happened in Leviticus chapter 10 now is that the, 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 these two individuals, in Leviticus chapter 10, um, they knew what they're supposed to do, but they tried to bring strange fire in God's presence. They tried to bring a strange fire, and the Bible says that out of the fire, it consumed them. 
So this is a warning now that in the midst of our worship as priesthood of believers, we have to make sure that our hearts are pure before God because God is a consuming fire. So it's his presence, but we must have his purity. So we want to recognize and we need discernment to recognize the strange fire that's amongst us. Are you hear what I'm saying? It's important then that we make sure that our worship is pure. Our worship is, is, is unto God. And that's why people don't want his presence. Because when his presence shows up, your agenda is exposed. Our hearts are exposed. But for you and I, for those of us that want to fellowship with his spirit, we said, no, God, purify in me, creating me a clean heart. God, I'm totally open to you. Let the scriptures, God's breath, let them reveal to me my intentions. God, I want, that's why I want to be accountable, Lord God. It's not about judgment. No, no, God already took that through Christ in the cross. Lord Jesus, I want to be pure before you because I want you, God. I want your presence is what I want, is what I want. Now, let me share two more things with you, and then we're going to, to finish. I shared this with Megan um, yesterday as I was looking at this. And Jeremiah was a prophet. Jeremiah was a prophet that was speaking to a nation whose culture, the children of Israel, the culture got so corrupt that we see in Jeremiah's day, we see abortion, we see all the current culture stuff taking place in the time of Jeremiah the prophet. So this culture is not new to God. It, it's not. It's been around from the time of, of Adam's sin. It's been like this, just that it's, it's more magnified. So church, we are not afraid of this. We're not afraid. I don't care what law they pass. I don't care what they try. To, it, nothing, it's not going to affect what the church and our assignment is. Okay? But what we need now to combat this culture is we need prophetic voices to rise up. So you got to move from just a priesthood of believers now to a prophetic voice. And so you got to see your gift as being given by God to be a prophetic voice that will rise up. And Jeremiah was that voice. He would always prophesy. He didn't care who was. He would go to the leaders of, and says, listen, this is what God is saying. Why? Because fire is coming. He did it because he loved them. That's why he told them about the fire was coming. So we need prophets to rise up and to prophesy, thus saith the Lord. But you prophesy the scriptures. You don't prophesy strange fire. That's why we have to know the scripture because some people will come up and say things that's not from God just to try to convince you or to win you over. So you need to recognize the fire. And so a true prophet, when he prophesies and fire comes, it purifies every single time. So we've got to welcome the prophetic voice. And so in Jeremiah 19, he is preaching and they said, call for Jeremiah. And they slapped him and they did all kinds of things to Jeremiah. And finally, Jeremiah chapter 20, he says, God, I'm, I'm tired of speaking for you. Every time I open my mouth, there's persecution. Every time I, I prophetically declare something, there's persecution that happened. And here is what Jeremiah said. But your word was like fire shot up in my bones. He says, I can't stop. 
prophesying your way. Even if I want to stop prophesying, I cannot stop prophesying. When you experience the fire of God, there is such boldness inside of you that you will speak, thus saith the Lord, regardless of the persecution, regardless of the situation you find yourself in. That's why we need people who are on fire for God. My goodness. Gather praise. Can you imagine the prophetic voice that can come out of this place? You've got to see that the prophetic voice that can speak to the city of Maryland and say, thus saith the Lord God Almighty. We are a prophetic voice. So every time you come together, 2016 is going to be the greatest year of your ministry. Why? Because you're going to operate in the prophetic in a dimension you've never, ever, ever operated before. I don't care how long this movement has started. The best is yet to come. I don't care what you've tried in the past. That's the past. Step into your future. Open up your mouth, priesthood of believers, and prophesy the presence of God. Prophesy his presence. Like Jeremiah, this thing is like fire in your bones. You can't quit. You can't give up. God chose you. God called you. Why? Because not only do we have to watch out for the strange fire, but Jesus Christ is the refining fire. He comes in Malachi to refine us. He comes now to purify us. He comes now to make sure that we have fruit that is a pleasant to other people. He makes sure that we have fruit that is pleasant to God so he can bless the body of Christ. So in Luke chapter 3, Jesus shows up. And John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fellowship and fire. This was prophesied by John the Baptist. It says, one is coming. The Bible says in Revelation chapter number 1, verse 14, that his eyes, Jesus' eyes were like a flame of fire. Whew. The purity of the church. The purity of the church. The purity of the church. God has put a word in your mouth. God has put a word in your mouth that you must declare to change the atmosphere. And this morning, he wants you to open up your mouth and make that declaration. It's a word of healing, a word of deliverance, a word of restoration, a word of salvation, a word of, of abundance, a word of prosperity, uh, 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 thank you, Holy Ghost, uh, a, a word of forgiveness, uh, a, 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 wor a word for finance. He's given you a word. He's given you a word. He's given you a word. And that word will have its impact because of the purity of your heart because of his presence. Told me to stop right here and as he deals with the purity, the the refiner's fire, that his eyes were like flame of fire. And it was right there. He says, stop right there. John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos, when he saw Jesus, he saw him in the dimension of where he says his eyes were like flames of fire. And it consumed the cave that he was in. And John started to write. There was a word in him. There was a word in him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
I want you right where you are right now to pray for the fire of God. Say, fire of God, consume me right now. Burn inside of me like it was when these two encountered Jesus. Burn inside of me. Burn inside of me. Fire of the living God. Burn inside of me. And let me take this fire and change the climate of which I live or where I live and wherever I go. Thank you, Jesus. We wait on you, Jesus. If you're here under the sound of my voice and you want the fire of God, go ahead and lift your hands and open up your mouth. Come on, hallelujah. Let us declare the purity of God so every unclean spirit has got to go from here. Every unclean spirit has got to go. That unclean spirit that's trying to torment you, it's got to go in the name of Jesus. Where his presence comes, darkness has got to go. Come on, 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 come on. Come on, he's put a word in your mouth. He's put a word in your mouth. If it's a word of, word of healing, declare healing to the body right now. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on, we're presence driven. We're presence driven. We're presence driven. Come on, declare in the atmosphere. We want the climate. We need the climate to change. Come on, a word of restoration. If God has put a word in your mouth for restoration, go ahead and declare it. Declare, God, I pray restoration now to families all over this city, if that's what it is. God, I pray for healing now to take place over all the families who are going through ailment and sickness and disease. I declare a word of healing, oh God, let your presence visit them. If it's a word of finance, God, I pray for poverty to be removed. I come against that spirit of poverty right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare prosperity and abundance now to this city. God, I pray for corporations to come into this city, Lord God, and to make this be their corporate headquarters, oh God. We come against every spirit of darkness in the name of Jesus. We agree with intercessors all over this place and we pray for this city. Come on, open your mouth and declare the atmosphere of this city's atmosphere that welcomes the presence of God. We welcome your presence, God. Stay with Marion, oh God. Stay. Stay with this city, oh God. Don't leave us. Stay with this city, God. We want you. We want you. We want you. I need your help, church. I need your help, church. It won't just be one person. It won't just be one church. It won't just be one preacher. It, it won't be one pastor. It just won't be one apostle. No, it's the body of Christ in Marion. And so I declare today prophetically, God, that the prophets will rise up. Oh, Jesus, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Make it to the bread of his presence. Go through the place of the fire. 
bring your sacrifice. Romans 12 says, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Present your body as a living sacrifice. Access the tabernacle of God. There is resources there for you. There is abundance there for you. Let's get to the place, the holy place, where we can see God in his fullness and in his glory. Open up your mouth. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. And when you guys are ready, go ahead and sing. Only when you're ready. Only when you're ready. Yes. Yes, that's it. That's a good word right there. voices no music just the music oh how he loves us oh come on everybody oh how he loves us that's it how he loves us oh come on again one more time oh how 
Father, we thank you for all that you are doing in our hearts and in our lives. How you are changing the climate around us. Let it be your desire, church, that these will be the words spoken out of your mouth. Stay with us. Don't go any further. Stay right here with us. And enter the room where we have the bread and bring purpose to our lives. We give it to you and you bless it. You broke it. And you gave it to us to eat. And it's in the eating. It's in the consuming of you. That we see you in another dimension. We see you as healer. Someone here has seen him as healer. I, I, I know that someone. You're seeing him as healer. Because you're eating the bread. You're consuming his presence. See him as a restorer. See him as your deliverer. See him as your counselor. See him as your leader. And let us pray that as we approach a season where everybody celebrates, we pray that this city will see you as Savior. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you desire prayer, the altar is available. Greet someone. I believe they have some refreshments out there for you. Greet somebody in the joy of the Lord. But if you desire prayer, I want to pray with you. That wherever you go, when you enter the room, you change the climate. Because you bring the fellowship of the Spirit. You walk in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you're consumed by the fire of God. Gather in place. Jesus is coming back. And fire. And the fire of God will change the climate one more time. So let us go and change the climate and get people ready for the fire. Let's be consumed by the fire now so people won't have to fear the fire. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you so much. We give you the praise and the glory. We pray that you, Father, were glorified in all that we did and said today. Anything that was not of you, Lord God, we ask you to remove it. And we pray, Father, as Jesus opened the scripture to these two, we pray the Spirit of God open the scriptures to us that we may continue to walk in your presence by your purity so we can speak prophetically to this world, to this culture. And we can declare Jesus Christ is coming back. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Greet someone in the name of the Lord. 
I love you, and we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you.